And we are back for another rousing episode of Ladies First. I'm Corey. Elizabeth is off this week, and Saher is still on a little bit of a break. But I have a very special guest. Danny Watson is joining me today. Hey. Hi, Danny. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It is very hot in Los Angeles, but we're dealing. <laughs> it, it's hot here. I'm in Georgia. It's hot. Okay, it's so humid, you know all about it. We're, we're here, and that's, what, that's important. <laughs> yes, and we have just an extra special episode today. Um, I am well aware that this may ruffle a few feathers, uh, but we are going to be talking about bisexual erasure in fandoms. I know, I, I just heard, imagine this collective gasp from the audience. We're not doing this to, um, you know, just be assholes. We're actually wanting to have an honest, um, not confrontational, but um, constructive conversation about this. Oh, yeah, and it's it's very important to have a dialogue about it because, we're I mean, we're here as part of this community, too, and I guess the best way to explain it, I woke up this morning with a little bit of imposter syndrome. You know, I was like, I'm going to guest host on this podcast and I'm not nearly queer enough to discuss being in a, a queer space as a woman attracted to women, but also other genders. Right. And, you know, am I going to be this? laughing talk am I going to screw this up oh god and that's that we as queer women who are attracted to multiple genders feel right and, and, and queer men wanna, too you know I can't I, do I don't want to say really quick um there has been for some years now debate on what bisexual actually means and there are people who are not bisexual that like to say bisexuality is you're attracted to men and women, which most bisexuals you talk to, at least in our circles, will disagree. And we say it's I'm attracted to my gender and genders that are not mine. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I hate to sound like get off my lawn, but I think the kids these days um, would term that a lot of them use pansexual to mean what my I'm a, I'm a 32 year old millennial gen X or gen Y, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And what we term bisexual is very much wrapped up in what is termed pansexual these days. And I kind of use both interchangeably. I am a queer bisexual or queer pansexual. You know, I, I personally, I use bisexual. My issue came from people who were using that definition to try and say that bisexuality was inherently transphobic. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the, like, very emphatic pushback came from. But I noticed, like, that started to be something in fandoms around, oh, 2014-ish, when I really noticed that people who weren't bisexuals were trying to define what bisexuality was. Yeah, no, I noticed that too. And I I don't want to sound like I'm I'm poo-pooing Tumblr because that is where so much of our fandoms cross and meet. 
Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, I, I spend a great deal of time or, and I think a lot of that came from people who were looking to carve a space and didn't quite have the same, the right words for it. And then this multi-cultural not knowing how to define things. And then it's become someone who maybe was transphobic posted something and with Tumblr, you know, it, it just keeps tumbling Um, and snowballing and getting bigger. Shit keeps rolling down the hill. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for cussing because I didn't know if if I was going to be able to cuss Oh, no. I cuss Um, all the time on here. Feel free. I, um, in a past life, I was a chef and I swear like a sailor. So, um, yeah, I just, and I, you know, Tumblr is a big part of, of fandoms. Um, Mm -hmm. Back when, again, you know, get off my lawn, but back when I was was coming up, we had LiveJournal, and it wasn't quite as mimetic. Well, yeah, disjointed, but it wasn't quite as viral as as Tumblr was. And I'm going to bring up um, Anne Rice. I don't know, you know, there's some of the the younger listeners out there might not remember when when Interview with a Vampire was very, very popular. It There was a lot of fan fiction, and then Anne Rice sent out a whole bunch of um, cease and desist letters, and mm-hmm. there was lawsuits, and we had to be very secretive about what we wrote, and especially when we were writing queer fiction about characters that weren't necessarily queer characters now i know interview with the with the vampire you're like you had to be careful writing queerness about that but yeah it wasn't just Um, queerness about that she didn't want anybody writing anything no no definitely not and then but you know and this is a thing about Anne rice one week lestat was totally totally gay and then the next week you know he was bisexual and the next week no 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 he would never be interested in guys and you're like what was the entire five books before this about um, right. but it's sorry I'm not trying to give you dead air here I'm trying to gather my thoughts on this but it's a lot of we had it's to be a lot of history that's gone into I think particularly bisexuals in fandoms and it's this area yeah. we have to be very careful about because I do want to acknowledge, you know, um, I know one of the common complaints is bisexuals in fandoms. Uh, I guess they think there's, uh, we're, we're trying to pretend for a type of persecution, which we're, we're not, we're just wanting representation, and I understand, you know, for people who are not bisexual, they're homosexual or heterosexual, it's it's very, oh, well, whatever this person is, you've got your rep, whoever yeah. you're dating, because you like everyone. And I think that's a common misconception that you should be able to identify with either a straight ship or a homosexual ship. When that's really not the case. Yeah, and I think a lot of times 
bisexual characters, you know, the very few that we have in media that gets looked at. No, they're not a bisexual character. You're just queer baiting. Well, they're queer baiting um, or they're only shown with one partner. And there is a lot of discourse about this that I see both heterosexual and homosexual people making where they don't ask bisexuals and it makes me uncomfortable because they're making assumptions without any of our input or even asking us well actually you know do you mind that they only show one relationship and you know it's a point of topic within our own community like some of us are like well as long as they acknowledge it because if they're married then obviously we don't necessarily want them going with somebody else because then that plays into the cheating bisexual trope. But then, yeah. you know, you have other bisexuals that are like, well, I can we at least acknowledge that they dated, you know, multiple genders in the past? So it's, it's a hot topic in the bisexual fandom. I don't know why we're shut out of that particular conversation when it entirely evolves around us and our representation and it somehow becomes a completely other different group's representation and sometimes I'm a, I'm disappointed with that. Well, and I think a really really good example of that um Buffy the Vampire Slayer Willow. Willow mm-hmm. started out in a relationship well, one started out pining for Xander, moved on to a relationship with Oz and she really kind of got into her stride went off to college and ended up with Tara. So then we have that trope of go off to college and experiment. Tara got fridged and then we ended up with Kennedy. And this is, well, yeah. And Kennedy. And then what Joss Whedon actively said there was they decided to make Willow a lesbian because they didn't want someone to come in and cure her. We can't acknowledge that Willow has been in, relationships with multiple genders now she's a lesbian because we don't want dick to cure her and And i think the problem with that is there has been such bad you know homosexual representation especially for lesbians that i completely understand where he's coming from because there are people that would be like oh my god it's just you know, it's a trope. She's not really gay. Her sexuality doesn't count. It's all about the men. Yeah. Which, and that's where I think kind of bisexuals fall into. Um, I'm bisexual. I'm married to a man. I have been in relationships with women. I've been in relationships with men. With men. Mm-hmm. People assume because I am married to a man, I'm no longer bisexual. Or it was right. a phase or you know, whatever, or I'm going to leave my home. And that's kind of the same thing you see with bisexual characters. They are either promiscuous. They're again, that cheating bisexual trope. They're evil, you know, even psychotic, the example of bi- psychotic. Yeah. Will going back to the example of Willow, evil Willow was the bisexual Willow. If you look mm-hmm. at it canonically now. Um, and so it's very interesting to me. And it's also very interesting to me that if you look at it while we hear more in real life about bisexual women, if you look at media, there's more bisexual. I I feel like there's more bisexual male characters that are 
widely talked about. And even then, they get straight washed or in in a lot of fan fiction, nope, they're not bisexual, they're gay. Right, and I do want to address the point because I've seen this complaint a lot of bisexuals saying, oh, it's so hard for us, while not acknowledging that, like, yes, if you are a bisexual woman and you're married to a man, in your everyday life, you do not deal with some of the stuff that lesbians go through. Like, when you're out in public with your partner. We're not talking about that. We completely acknowledge, like, yeah, there are some advantages if you're a bisexual woman and you're married to a man, like, when you're in public or marriage or taxes or adoption, any type of, you know, those protections, yes, there is some privilege there. We can acknowledge that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Though there is 100% straight passing privilege, and I do not want to take away the struggle that anyone's facing in any any sense of it. Right. So I, I want to get that clear, that we're not saying, oh, woe is me, poor bisexuals. It's just so completely hard for us. Because we acknowledge there there is some privilege, especially if you're in a quote-unquote straight-passing relationship that, you know, lesbians and gays don't have to deal with. But that doesn't mean that there's not bisexual erasure going on or that we feel like there's not even a space for us sometimes in fandom and, you know, in the LGBTQ greater community. It's... yeah. You know, it's talking about uh, Willow. They made her a lesbian. And you mentioned Willow, and I'm going to tell you right now, like, my asshole just clenched in fear when you mentioned that because there is such an online discourse about how dare you say that Willow was bi. She's obviously a lesbian. You're lesbophobic for taking that away from us. And the problem is, is there's been so few queer you know women loving women characters that we're just now starting to get enough that you have enough shows to choose from that you don't have to watch all of them yeah and i think that you know shows that later on go and erase that queer canon you know Mm -hmm. oh that character was in a relationship with a woman but now they're with a man so they're straight like right I think that's terrible, and I think Absolutely. I mean I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, but um, the, the other issue, though, is you see certain people in fandoms, uh, gay or lesbian, that there are characters who, if you just do a straight read, would obviously be bi, but they're being claimed as either gay or lesbian because representation, which. I understand the want for representation and the need for representation, but then we're losing something we could have identified with. Yeah, and it's not like it's a new trend at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I admittedly am a bit of a James Bond fan, despite oh, no. all of all of the terrible things about James Bond. Your favorite is wrong. problematic. We're just going to lay favorite that disclaimer so there. We acknowledge it. Yeah. I mean, that said, Daniel Craig made it canonical for, like, actively work to make James Bond canonically bisexual. But if Mm -hmm. you look back, 1964, Goldfinger, Pussy Galore, even in the book, is a lesbian who was then saved by James Bond's dick. 
that and that's how it's written yeah but the problem is is they put that out there and they kept up with that trend so now it there's been decades of like this distrust built up i think within especially like wlw circles of are they going to take my representation away now i have to fiercely cling on to it well, and I think we're all in our in a in a way fighting for our own representation. Like mm-hmm. we're fighting for even some acknowledgement that bisexuals exist. Right. Meanwhile, we're also at the same time fighting for queer characters, gay characters, lesbians characters, trans characters, you know, whatever asexual Yeah, whatever. nine Yeah, LGBTQIA+, you know. Yeah. And we're we're fighting the same fight, but we also want something to specifically identified with because representation matters. Mm-hmm. And I think as a whole, we're doing so much better. If you look at, I mean, even, and I hate to call Steven Universe, Steven Universe children's media, but it's, I show geared towards children and you've got Rose Quartz who is canonic. Like they don't have specific gender, but they present as female and you've got, Rose was in a relationship with Pearl, and then Did Steven you Zapp. see the latest Steven bombs with all the spoilers for that? No. I'm so behind on Steven oh, Universe. Oh, no, no, we can't funny. talk about it anymore, because I yeah. dropped a big fat bomb on you. I'm, Don't go I'm, back and listen to our Steven Universe episode. There's spoilers not, galore. Oh, no. Oh, I just about dropped a really big fat spoiler on you. I am so much a denizen of the internet that I've just had to accept that spoilers are going to happen in my life. So I'm not, I'm not upset about spoilers. I can't, I can't hold that against anybody. Ladies um, first, the episode where Corey spoils the entire Rose Quartz <laughs> reveal. Yeah, please don't do that. Yeah, um, let's move on from Steven Universe before I do accidentally drop something. Um, yeah. Well, so what about, let's talk about canonically bisexual characters. You know, I'm gonna drop one, and I know there's it's gonna be another you know asshole clinching shut and fear moment. But Clark Griffin from the 100, have you heard about Clexa? So yes, but only because of the internet. I have not watched any of the 100, but I I posted on some of my groups. I'm like, hey, what would you want to hear me talk about? And that was like 50 of my friends immediately commented the 100. Um, so I know a little bit about about it but only so much as this is queer baiting. Okay, so on the 100, since you missed most of that brouhaha, well, you know how Alexa, what happened to Alexa, right? Yeah. Okay. They have, because of that moment, I'm really sad because they poisoned the well for Clark's bisexuality with how they did Alexa dirty, that... As much as I'm like, yes, Clark is still bisexual, and if she has a relationship with a guy, that's okay, because she's still bisexual, but the way Clexa ended, and the way they killed Lexa off, I'm just like, I don't know how you can do that without a lot of people being offended or thinking that's problematic. Yeah, it's... Well, I think it goes back into just tropes about lesbians and bisexuals and we can't straight just have... people make a bunch of shitty tropes and shitty decisions for homosexual characters and have very unfortunate implications and it feels like 
bisexuals have been paying the price for that inadvertently ever since. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very disheartening to me, you know, and I, like I said, I'm, I'm not completely familiar with the 100, you know, and what I know of it is from friends bitching about everything that happened with Lexa. And it's, it's just very, the fact that we have, you know, we have a chance at representation and then, you know, what? Well, it's just so thoroughly poisoned. Yeah. It's like, well, do I really Um, want this now? Because it's going to be so badly received and it's going to look so badly on the bisexual fandom community where I'm just like, it's not worth that online discourse TM trademark, you know, just to get it here. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a problem, and I don't blame, you know, lesbians. I am losing you on my end. Okay, well, uh, sorry, we're having a few technical difficulties. Um, I don't blame lesbians for, especially with Clark and how Clexa ended, for being bitter about it, but... You know, it kind of sucks that we're having to pay that price, too. I lost that entire bit. I'm sorry. That's okay. We're going to work through technical difficulties anyways, because I live in L.A. in the land of rolling blackouts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and we're, we're kind of in a thunderstorm here, so it's probably a little of both of us. Yeah, we're going to get this show done. Technical difficulty just adds character. Yes. This is my debut. I killed the internet. Um, (laughs) I broke your podcast and I chose the worst topic to discuss. Go me. No, it's okay. We've been needing to discuss this for some time. I think, like you said, we want to open a dialogue. And I kind of do want to get into why specifically it's hurtful not to be able to see yourself from both ends and having both ends saying no this doesn't count or no this is ours well and I think it does go into that fear that if we take a character that was in a relationship with a male character and then goes into a relationship with a female character and they go back to a relationship with a male character you have people who are not sympathetic to the queer community going, oh, well, that character's straight now. And Mm -hmm. it's that fear of any representation we have as a whole community being taken away. So we kind of, and I think it's in fan fiction too. We we take these characters that are canonically bisexual and we write fan fiction about them where, and don't get me wrong, I'm a fanfic author. We love to make everything as gay as possible. Right. Um, So I think there's a lot of that fear in there like I want to see myself but I also acknowledge that my lesbian friends and family want to see themselves and so do I do I kind of do I gripe about not having more bisexual representation no but it would be nice right 
Well, also, it would really be nice because I'm not saying that there aren't women who realize that they're lesbians later in life. Um, on the podcast, we've talked about Alex Danvers from Supergirl a lot and how much we really liked her storyline about realizing later in life that you're a lesbian. Um, what I do have an issue with then are certain elements of fandom with, do you follow Supergirl at all? No. Okay. Uh, the worst. No, it's okay. Um, I have issue with certain parts of fandom deciding that they're going to ship two straight characters and there's straight characters that have shown sexual interest in men, have had sexual and or romantic relationships with men and just decide that, oh, well, they're lesbian because my ship. And I'm like, you yeah, know, if, if you want to do that, that's okay. But, you know, you could just say they're bisexual. <laughs> well, and I think it's kind of along that same lines. People so afraid of making a character bisexual that we we gender swap in fanfic. Which mm-hmm. is fine, you know, if that's what you want to do, but don't gender swap just because I'm afraid of, you know, any type of queerness that isn't my type of queerness or some type of straight that isn't my type of straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's a, and that's a trend I see a lot. Um I think we have a mutual friend who will grit her teeth and laugh hysterically when I say this, but Loki. Oh, yeah, I know. Yep, yep. <laughs> How? And I mean, just not even Marvel-verse. How can you look at Loki as a character mythologically or in comics and the MCU and say, that guy's gay or that guy's straight? I don't know, because here's the thing. Even Marvel Comics, like back when they did A-Force and that whole secret, that that one of the crossover events that shall not, big events that shall not be named because it was dumb. Um, Yes. (laughs) A-Force, they had, you know, Lady Loki. Yeah. You know, they do show Lady Loki sometimes, and I don't think they show it nearly enough, but I'm like, Anybody who spends some time reading those sagas is pretty much going to pick up immediately on bye, bye, gender fluid, bye. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, while we're, while we're discussing comics, and I had a friend making me promise that I would bring this up, John Constantine. Yes. That's a John thing. Const- Male uh, men, bis- bi- bisexual men get a lot of shit, too. Oh, yeah. You more in the, bisexual. oh, well, you're just secretly gay and you'll come out as gay later. Yeah, well, for women, it's a step. Women, it's a phase and an experiment, something you do when you go off to college. Mm-hmm. And for guys, it's a stepping stone to gay. Exactly. But John so, Constantine, um, he had his own show on NBC. And yes. they straight washed him. And I'm super excited because he's going to be the same actor, too. He's going to be a regular on Legends of Tomorrow in their upcoming season. And they're going to let him be openly bisexual. And I am so excited about that. I am so, so excited about that. Because you can't, you can't have Constantine without him being a swarthy, swearing, doesn't give a fuck, 
and his sexuality, while it is not important to the character and his life, mm-hmm. like his his sexuality is important because it is part of his characterization. Who John Constantine has sex with does not matter to John Constantine, right? Um, in the sense of gender, and you know, we look at um other media like um legend of Korra. did you did you follow legend of Korra at all okay so one of our managing editors is just absolutely one of the biggest i don't know if you want to say fans but uh analysts of that show <laughs> yes so i've heard about it through her um so legend of Korra the the last episode it it essentially shows and then was later confirmed by by producers right. that Cora is in this relationship with a woman but she's got these past relationships with men and as does Asami. Yes, as does Asami and you know, we have to look at that as I I choose to look at that as bisexual representation. I know a lot of folks choose to look at that as Cora's lesbian now. And I think that's an important distinction for us to make. Like, while maybe she is lesbian now, or maybe she is just in a queer relationship now. And I hate to use queer relationship because I, in a straight passing relationship, am still queer. So, mm. um, but in a relationship with another woman, right? you know, while it's not explicitly said if she's lesbian or bisexual, you know, I, I want, I choose to look at it as bisexual because that's the, the representation I want. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, I would like for it to be understood that just because a character is bisexual, it doesn't make their same gender relationship less valid than if they were a lesbian yeah and i think that's it feels like that's where it is at the crux of the issue that that relationship is going to break up and then they're going to go to a man and they're going to end up with a man and that's just going to be it like you said it's they're going to be straight again because that's how straight audiences view it yeah because you know dick turns us all um (laughs) which is a terrible trope. I mean, it is, and like I'm sympathetic to that, but I would like for us to get to a place, and we're starting to get there. There are certain fandoms that have been really good about if they decide they want to ship a lesbian character with a character who was presented as straight in the movie, they just automatically make her bi, and I'm, yeah. I love that. Um, I think that's a really healthy way of like, well, if you want to ship two ladies together bisexuality is a really good way of canonically you know making it not too out of character um but i still it feels like that relationship with a bisexual woman and another woman it's seen as less valid if it's acknowledged she's bisexual and not a lesbian well and i (sighs) And I think when you put it that way, it kind of points out this thing where we fall into the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, we, if we end up in a relationship with a man, oh, it was a phase. 
we were experimenting. If we end up in a relationship with a woman, oh, it was a phase. You were experimenting. You were just a lesbian all along. Right. You know, we cannot exist as my attraction to women does not go away because I'm in a straight passing relationship. A person in a same gender relationship or in a relationship with someone who is not in a non-heterosexual relationship, in a non-queer relationship, um, they don't, they're, it feels, I lost my whole, yeah, I just lost my whole thought, sorry. We're threatening, I guess, regardless of, well, if we're bisexual and we're with, you know, a person whose gender is not ours, then we are negating same gender relationships. But then if we do go and we're in a relationship with someone who is the same gender as us, then we're threatening heterosexual relationships. It feels like both sides feel threatened by that middle ground that you could exist either way. Yeah. Um, And us existing somehow makes other relationships less valid. But there's just so much stereotype and trope about bisexuality that kind of adds to what we get from both sides. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned, you know, we have slutty, slutty bisexuals and cheating bisexuals. And I mean, like if that's, you know, if you like sleeping around, more power to you. If you love sex, then, like, you do your thing, use protection, make sure it's consensual. Be ethical uh, it's about un- it, yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that trope is so pervasive that it feels like slut-shaming when bisexuals are like, no, we don't sleep around. And then you have people in the bisexual community that are like, well, I actually really like sex. And yeah. It's like, yeah, no, if you love sex, be safe. Be consensual, you know, safe, sane, consensual to borrow from the BDSM community. And, like, you rock on, you little shining star. Well, we have to, I think, distinguish that bisexual and poly aren't the same thing. And just like... That's another... I, I, I have seen that for some people, they seem to assume that bisexuals are automatically polyamorous. Which, I mean, I can't say anything because I am, but I know a lot of bisexuals who aren't. Yeah. Just like there's Um, a lot of, you know, homosexual or heterosexual people that either are polyamorous or are not polyamorous. It's an entirely different concept. And that really needs to be, I guess, hammered in. Like, I... I am in a monogamous relationship with my husband. I have a queer platonic relationship and we all live in one big house. And people assume that because I have this very close relationship with another woman, I'm automatically sleeping with her and, you know, either a cheating on my husband or we have this wild magical sex unicorn castle house. And, (laughs) None of that's true. Like, you know, I'll, I will call her my wife. It is a platonic relationship, but it's also very queer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 
I think it's very difficult existing in the space as bisexual because we don't want as bisexuals we don't want representation representation taken away from our lesbian friends our trans friends our gay friends our gay friends yeah we're not trying to say is like you can't have this representation because it has to be bisexual we're just saying is we're at a point in media where there are a lot of people finally realizing that yeah you can have these characters like with Supergirl again I'm going back to there um, Nicole Maines is coming on for season 4 and she's an openly trans actress and she is going to be the first trans superhero and that yeah, is and- amazing and so incredibly important and I you know unless you're just kind of a mean person Nobody's going to begrudge that. I am absolutely thrilled for that representation and what it's going to mean for trans persons, like, everywhere tuning in to see that. Because you're going to finally get yeah. to see yourself as a hero. And the the very, very few people that are actively going to say, well, I'm going to stop watching because of, of them adding a trans actress. Well, you're a bigot. Well, you're a bigot. And... You know, half of them aren't really going to fall... Still a bigot, but half of them aren't going to follow through if they really like the show. And it's going to make so little of a dent in the viewership that it doesn't... It's not going to be negatively impactful. Mm -hmm. Which is an argument I see a lot. They can't add a trans character because they're going to, you know, tank the show. No, there's enough of us who are excited to see that. And then... Enough people that are, you know, I hate to say ambivalent, but it, it, they don't care, you know, one way or they the just other. They like the show. Yeah. So, so it's not going to... Yeah, it's like we're not begrudging that there's so much more representation than there used to be. I'm happy that there's so much more representation that it makes room, I think, for bisexual characters to exist that don't have to be bogged down by decades-old tropes that have also, you know, made the lesbian community in particular extremely wary. I think we're finally entering a period of time where we can kind of cast that off and hopefully just kind of exist. So I'm going to bring up the, um, the, the big, I guess, recent topic du jour, the new Doctor. Okay. I have actually Uh, not had any discourse discussion with anybody on this, so I'm excited. I will say, admittedly, I am not complete. I have a two-year-old. I'm not up to date. I can tell you everything that's happened in Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am not as up to date as I would like to be on Doctor Who. But I am so excited for a female doctor for so many reasons. Because you can't look at the history of Doctor Who and take this now woman character go, oh, the doctor's a lesbian. Like, first off, the doctor's been been bisexual, and I know a lot of people want to ignore that, but that whole Jack Harkness story arc, the Mm -hmm. whole Jack Harkness story arc. Um, But now we have a woman doctor, and you cannot erase the doctor's wife from the doctor's history. You can't ignore that especially Mm -hmm. when river song is canonically bisexual well and also for the implications of 
being gender fluid for the doctor. Finally, we get to see it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that'll help, too, because you can't, you know, and I know a lot of people get really uptight when you say the doctor is queer of any type because the doctor has always presented as a white man. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's a how many thousands of years old alien um, with two hearts hearts. and and he shape changes really do you think on this planet where one day you could wake up your wife's died in her sleep and now she's your husband or vice versa or you know you can't say that sexuality matters to these this this imaginary race of people Hmm. i think we're just finally catching up to the times of what the doctor should have been Yes, but 100%. allowed to be before now. Well, and it helps that the Doctor has such a lasting fan following. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll get some uptight fan bros that have, I've been watching this since I was in diapers and whatnot, and they're going to keep watching. Right. Well, I'm like, there are starting to be some positive portrayals. Of bisexual characters, um, Sarah Lance from Legends of Tomorrow again. She's openly bisexual right now. She's mm-hmm. in a relationship with a woman, but we've seen her in relationships with men. Um, you know, and they've been really good about very, you know, driving it home. She's a bisexual woman, and yeah, I'm not and- surprised that this is the show bringing on John Constantine and also acknowledging. His bisexuality. Um, yeah, and of, of course. It's, and comics, while you hear, you know, so much negative press about conservatives in comics, and I, I was a Valkyrie, which is a group of women that mm-hmm. are in the comics industry, and there's been a lot of pushback because this group of women have organized in the comics industry and are pushing for more bisexual characters, more queer characters, and are pushing it back against the the so, conservative edge of comics. You know, like, when you were a Valkyrie, and you were pushing for that, what exactly were you kind of seeing? Were you seeing people saying, okay, yeah, you're right, we should maybe give this a chance? Were you seeing a lot of the pushback? Was it kind of a mix? Well, so, the Valkyries, you know, and especially the ones I'm still friends with, but kind of as a whole, it's very hard to be a group of women in this male-dominated industry and be conservative. So mm-hmm. as a whole, it's a very, you know, forward-thinking, positive, liberal outlet. And because they do, because it is such an organized group, they do have a lot of influence on creators. And mm-hmm. creators have a lot of influence on that group. So you, you have things like Kel- um, Kelly Sue DeConnick, and looking at someone told her that her portrayal of Captain Marvel was too feminist and too angry. So she went and made Bitch Planet, which is an amazing comic. <laughs> um, and yeah, that'll show them. Yeah. It's like, well, you want me to be an angry feminist? Let me show you angry feminist. Right. Um, and you have things like um, Chip Zdarsky wrote the Archie comic and he does uh, sex criminals, right? 
he does sex criminals with okay. Matt Fraction, who is Kelly Sue DeConnick's husband. Husband, right. Um, but his run of, um, sorry, he didn't, I don't know if he did Archie or Jughead. His, his run of Jughead, sorry, was Jughead's an asexual. Mm-hmm. So we're getting this push towards bisexual and lesbian and gay and que- just generally queer, trans, you know, pan, the whole acronym. Right. Well, and, I know, and I, even in comic ships, like, you know, for Carol, her big quote-unquote non-straight ship is with Jessica Drew. Yes. And, you know, I would never dream of saying either woman is a lesbian because of they they have meaningful relationships with other with other men. But well, I, it's I, hard. I, go ahead. Go sorry. Ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say it's hard when you have so much history in comics and so many different authors to go back and just classify one sexuality on characters like Carol Danvers or um, I'm kind of drawing a blank at this point Um, there's so many you can't just look at them and say oh now they're straight now they're a lesbian Mm -hmm. because you can't erase years and years and years of of canon. canon yeah right and there are authors that have been kind of ahead of their time um Warren Ellis, who I love and adore, um, did Authority and Planetary. And Authority, he's got Jenny Sparks, and she's super bisexual throughout the whole thing. She's very kind of a, you know, I'll come back to him, John Constantine-esque in her decisions for, you know, who she would want to sleep with. And mm-hmm. I think, in fact, did once sleep with John Constantine. Um, <laughs> coming back to it. Um, so there's just so much that, you know, now we're getting those liberal artists or, and authors are pushing out the conservative. And there is, you know, and I hate to, to talk about it. Well, I don't hate to talk about it. I'll talk about it for hours. But I hate that it's a thing. They're pushing out that there is a Nazi contingency in the comics world and they're pushing that out. And the Valkyries well, and are the very back to that with comics gave. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I, you know, I go back to the Valkyries who, and a lot of them are bisexual women. A lot of them are queer women of all sorts and non-binary. I keep leaving out non-binary and that is not intentional by any means. Um, but well, you see, like, they... Noelle Stevenson. Um, you know, she did Lumberjanes. Now she's doing She-Ra on Netflix. Yeah, and so she's already said, like, oh, yeah, I am hella queer in this thing up, essentially. Yeah, which... Which is amazing. Make all, make all my... Take all of my childhood memories and make them, make them gay. Um, <laughs> please. Like... I know people are, well, they're ruining my childhood. Well, they're not. They're making my childhood better. And Your I'm... childhood shows are still there. Just go find them and watch them. You don't have to watch yes. the new stuff. Get a Netflix account. Yeah. As, as a bisexual woman 
who is a parent to a child who at this point presents and identifies as as girl. She's two years old. She, you know, when talk about it, and I have since she was born have not, you know, have been very open about this is our friend who is trans and, you know, it's always been a part of her life. I don't want it to just be a conversation one day. Mm-hmm. But as of this point, she identifies as she is girl. That may change, you know, and, and if that does, she has all of our support. But I want her to see that that's okay. I want her to see that it's okay to be lesbian or bi or trans or non-binary or asexual. And she has all of this media. And this is why this is such an important topic for me is I want her to know that any of these things are okay. Right. Well, it's like Steven Universe again. I think that's a great children's show for taking very adult concepts and packaging them in a way that children can understand them. I think yes. Shira is going to be a really good show for that. Um, well, and if we look at comics, Lumberjanes is an amazing, amazing kid-friendly series. Miss um, Marvel. Yes. Um... Miss Marvel's great. What are some other ones that um, I... I new, Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl's amazing. Uh, the new Wasp is written by Jeremy Whitley. Uh, Jerome Whitley, sorry. Whitley, who does uh, Princeless. And does a lot of work targeted specifically for making comics for younger girls. Um, what was the other one I was thinking of? Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yes. Moon Girl. I I really really like that series. Um, and I have a stack of comics that's about as tall as I am at this point. I do read them to my daughter mm-hmm. um, at bedtime. But so. I love that we're getting to a place where we're being able to show better representation for women, better representation for you know different body types, better representation for you know homosexual relationships hopefully soon bisexual relationships we're starting to see on media that you know trans people actually exist that it's finally being like with supergirl or um you know ryan murphy's pose that has um janet mock writing for it and has the largest cast of um trans persons playing trans roles on tv you know um I think we're, despite the fact that it feels like our country's going into a tire fire, as far as that representation goes, we have more now than we've ever had. Well, and I think it's our pushback. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout history, media has been our escape. If you look at the movie industry and the Great Depression, right. the numbers are opposite. You know, the movie industry is making more money while the rest of the nation is is going downhill because that's escapism. Right. You know, we and now are in we're seeing escapism that also, you know, it's not just white default. You've got like one day at a time. You've got black lightning. Um, you know, just to name a couple with specifically lesbian characters. Uh, just what we have now, I know there's another show I'm forgetting, Viva on Stars. You know, has a wide range of Latina women with different uh, identities. So... Well, then what's... Go ahead. I was going to say, and what's the... Is it 
Glow is the Glow's women the wrestling wrestlers, show. Um, which, I've, which is slightly problematic, but... Yeah, the second season introduced the WLW couple. Um, I am not a fan with what the bold type has done this season, but they do have, for now, two women of color in a relationship. Um, Supergirl has Alex. You've got Winona Earp, as problematic as that show became. Um, I don't know if you heard about that. (laughs) No. Um... You can read it yeah, on and our while, site. Gretchen wrote a really good review about it. And I've actually been like, that was my break today at work was going through the site. Um, but, I, and, and, you know, Lost Girl, I have not watched, but I have, you know, again, friends on the internet, complete lack of caring on spoilers has led me to learn many things about many shows, just so my friends have someone to talk to that doesn't care if they spoil it and haven't seen all the episodes. Right. Um, so Just I hear steer Lost clear Girl. Of Steven Universe spoilers. Yes. Um, I, my daughter's getting to a point where that's something we can watch, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, because with her, and it is different being a queer parent in a straight presenting relationship with any child. Right. Um, and especially because, you know, you don't want to be gender, you know, you don't want to instill them with the gender binary and internalized misogyny and these rules for girls and these rules for boys. You want them to have better than you did. Yes. And it's, and it's definitely hard because, you know, she's in daycare. So they have gender, different. the, the teachers have different values than I do. And not to say that they don't have good values. They just don't look at gender binary as a thing as an issue um basically what it's boiling down to and i'm gonna just start wrapping this up because we're running out of time we're not saying that you know we're trying to play some oppression olympics we're just saying we would like the chance to exist and not have people fight over a stereotype of, oh, well, you're really going to be this or you're really going to be that, and if you don't agree with me, then you're something phobic. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we're all different, and we should embrace that and not impose our will and our us, you know, our me-ism onto us. Exactly. Um, I have to do a quick shout-out to our Fundamentals Plus members, uh... Clara and I'm really sorry if I mispronounce this Yannick if it's Yannick feel free to you know leave me an angry comment uh, in the article below and I'll make sure we uh, make a note of that but uh, they're two of our new Fundamentals Plus members and that's one of the perks that comes with being a member is you get a shout out on the podcast of your choice on our site um if you don't know what Fundamentals Plus is, we have a little link in the top section menu of our site that you can go check out. It's essentially for $3 a month, less, you know, just $3 a month, less than the a cost of a cup of Starbucks coffee. You help us keep going. You help us pay our bills. You help us, you know, to get closer to doing, you know, better by our writers. And you just kind of help us stay open. So... One of the perks from that is, A, you get exclusive content, but you also get this shout-out. 
So if that's something you're interested in, um, you can go take a look at it over there. But we definitely wanted to say thank you to our new subscribers, Clara and Yannick, for, and again, if it's Yannick, I'm really sorry, <laughs> uh, for, you know, helping us stay open. And I do want to say thank you to Danny for stepping in and doing this very special episode, which I hope didn't make too many people angry. This this was a thrill, and I hope I didn't jump all over the place too much, but it is a very broad subject, and I really enjoyed this. It's so a very broad subject, me. and we are trying to, above all, I think we're just trying to open up a dialogue, a good faith dialogue. Yeah, feel free to at me. I'd love to talk to y'all. Yeah. Um, also, you know, drop us some comments. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to like, subscribe us on iTunes. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts on our website. Um, the Fundamentalists, Unabashed Book Snobbery, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. And starting this month, um, our entertainment writer, Dan, is actually going to be co-hosting uh, a new podcast for, for our site. He's been doing this for a while, but he's going to start sharing episodes of his podcast, Right to Survive, as well. So we'll have some more stuff for you guys to listen to. And I think right about now that wraps it up. You good, Danny? Yep. I, okay. I Like I said, I appreciate this. This was fun. Well, I'm going to stop monopolizing Danny's time. I really appreciate her uh, guesting in tonight with us on this very special episode. And hopefully our comment section isn't on fire by the time this gets published. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next time. Have a good night.